So the great thing about this year, the last two years, it's kind of been bitter, bittersweet. We've been to the finals the last two years, but it's been in a bubble. Oh. So, so they haven't been home. We've never hosted a playoff game at the field house in Wilmington. This year, we're making the playoffs. We're like the number two seed right now. Let's go. So how awesome would it be to fill the field house and we bring the championship home to Delaware? Hi, everyone, and welcome to Strive's How You Lead Matters podcast, where we discuss everything leadership. From tapping into your motivation to feeling yourself with grit, we're here to support you as you discover the character-driven leader in yourself and those around you. I'm Caroline Lettner. And I'm Jared Smith. Thank you for listening to the Strive Podcast. My name is Jared Smith. Alongside me is Caroline. How you doing? I'm good. It has been too long since we have talked, so I'm stoked to be on today, but I'm like feeding off of your energy because I can tell how excited you are to jump into with our guest. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. You can introduce him. This is okay. You got it. You got it. <laughs> I'll take it from you. All right. So today we have Larry Milai, president of the Delaware Blue Coats. So that is the NBA D League affiliate of the Philadelphia 76ers. Throw that fact in there for anyone else who is not a basketball person like myself. We're going to learn <laughs> a lot today. So I'm excited. <laughs> good, good. Yes. Honor to be here. I, I, I've heard a lot about you guys. It's uh, just to be uh part of the podcast today it's, it's an honor so thank you i'm excited so i'm gonna jump in really quick because i can tell we're already gonna go on tangents today which i'm excited for but i don't want to forget our original question so i'm gonna dive in right off the bat and ask you how you define leadership um you know well probably two parts for me to be honest <laughs> i think um Simply like leaders to me help themselves and others do the right thing, right? You give them kind of the map of where you want to go and the goals you want to achieve and, and help them uh, get there. But I, it's funny over time, I think for me, it's been more focused on um, helping my employee. And honestly, this could be professional or personal life, just helping others become better um and 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 also help them grow and, and their well-being and i've always kind of learned um caroline like if if i can help you grow like you become you evolve and become a better person you have more capabilities and you just perform better at your job yeah so i, I someone told me a couple years ago that that is like a very servant leader i'm a, I'm a servant leader that way yeah. um so I think I, I've, I've kind of invested in that and the idea that if I can help you grow as a person, that that will um, have positive, it's like a positive cycle. You improve your capabilities, you improve how you do your job and beyond, and um, you help the others around you do better as well. Yeah, it's that chain effect of leadership where it's understanding yourself and then and building that impact. But yeah. I think 
it un- it makes sense for you and kind of the role that you play that you want to have that ripple effect. So from where you stand, you want to make sure that leadership is felt across the entire organization. Yeah, that's uh, so good. And that's I, good. Absolutely. And and, and honestly, for us, because we are a development center, like primarily, my job is to develop people so that they can eventually advance up. Even though I hate saying goodbyes, I'm the worst person. <laughs> But, it's not, it's never know, a goodbye. It's a see you soon. You're right. I, I, everyone tells me that, but I, it's hard for me to let go of people. But at the end of the day, like I want to do for them what someone did for me and be able to advance your career. And the idea is like we grow with from within. That's how the Sixers organization works. It's how I've worked my whole career. And for me to, to develop them in the G League, um, accelerate their career so they can go up and work for the Sixers or work for the Devils, all organizations that we own. Um, I mean, that's really what my primary role is. That's great. And I think that's that leads to kind of the second main big question and that we have for you because, you know, Strive is, in a sense, a developmental program where we bring in the youth and we bring in coaches, we bring in college players and pro players sometimes where we are trying to develop them for that next step. So what do you believe are the crucial components of player development? So it's, it's an interesting question. So for, I'll, I'll take it from a basketball standpoint. Please um, do it. <laughs> so we, baseball, for example, has been around for a hundred years, right? Their whole minor league system. And uh, basketball is a little bit late, later to the game. It wasn't really until the early 2000s that the NBA, because our feeding system was colleges, right? Yeah. And then maybe a little bit from, from Europe. And then the NBA kind of saw the value of player development and started what was known as the D-League, now the G-League, um, with the idea like we can, each of these teams can have a minor league system um, to grow players who may not be ready yet, right? Like some of these kids, some of the guys come out for whatever reason, come out early, and they haven't like developed physically, mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And um, the G League gives them an opportunity to kind of hone their, those skills so that they can grow. And, you know, like for us, like the success for us is like a player from the Blue Coats um, going up to Philadelphia and helping them win a playoff game, which happened last year. Hey. Right, Jared. You know who you know who that was, Jared. That player should have been Shake Milton. Bingo! Wow, that's right. that's right. I know my basketball. Yes, you do. It actually took me a hot second. I was like sweating. I was like, <laughs> Shake Milton. Top quiz. You've done. And your you own. know, I guess going off on our first tangent here, I think Paul Reed deserves a shot. Yeah. I really do. In uh, the game against Dallas a couple of days ago, Friday. Or was it, uh, I don't know, Sunday probably, Sunday, I think. Not Dallas. Anyway, the game over the weekend, even though Paul Reed only got a couple minutes in, I saw the defensive capability that he had. And I was talking to my father who was next to me. And I was like, I, I would put him next to Dybul in, in our defensive category as our top defenders on the team. Again, I haven't watched many Blue, Coat game, Blue Coats game last year when he was on the team. Um, but just seeing the way his defensive IQ, it just, it looked yeah. better than most of our players that we had. Yeah. 
Well, and look, I'll tell you this much because honestly, I, that that I have to kind of defer to Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey, actually, all that. But um, what I was able to see of, of B-ball Paul, it was in the bubble, frankly. Like we, until this year, I didn't even get to see him in person. Um, so he's just a very raw talent. Like he, there's no doubt in my mind, Paul Reed will be a contributor on the Sixers someday. Um, and I know they, they probably feel there's areas that he needs to develop on, but you can't argue his athletic ability. Like even the game, if you remember, they played Milwaukee um, a couple months ago. Uh, he was hanging with Giannis. I mean, he was defensively, you know, taking it to him. So, I mean, there, you could see the flashes there. Um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. And he, hey, he already proclaimed he's going to be an all-star next year. So I love that he put that out into the universe. and. You know, we're going to help support him to get, to get there. That's the first step. That's the first yeah. step. You got to believe. You got to believe. Yeah. But it's fine. So it's just, I'm sorry we got off on a tangent. But I just, so when we started with a, a team in Delaware back in thir- 2013, there were only 14 teams in the league. Wow. And now here you are, you fast forward, um, there's now 30 teams. Um, each of the, um, except for two, um, every NBA team has a G League affiliate and understands the value of player development. And what you're seeing now, especially in the last couple of years, and we were probably at the forefront of it, was that these teams are now in close proximity to their parent team. Mm-hmm. So for us, obviously, we're what, 25 minutes from Philly? Yes, um, correct. But there are teams in our league where Sioux Falls, South Dakota, they're the G League affiliate for the Miami Heat. Oh, wow. So, South far. Dakota has basketball? Yeah. I can tell you oh. what, when those guys get called up to Miami, they're probably loving life. From <laughs> South Dakota, <laughs> Miami Beach. But, uh, Next plane right out. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you can – now there's an opportunity. So for guys on the Sixers, like Paul Reed, who may not be getting the playing time right now, you can be assigned to Delaware so that you can kind of work on your skills and you're not, you know, it's, you get playing time and that's really, you know, kind of, you, you're thrown in the fire a little bit and that's how you grow and learn and, and develop. And, um, you know, one of the beauties of the league is that it's like this pursuit of a dream. So like we, we have that on top of the fact that we're so close to Philadelphia and you can, the same systems that they run in Philly, we run here in Delaware, right? The same philosophy that Doc Rivers has with practice and, and how he just runs the team. Our coaches are similar here. Yeah, can you touch on that a little bit? How is, what is that philosophy trait? How is that philosophy really embraced by the Blue Coats? Well, I think it starts with how they hire. So like, I think when they were looking for our blue coats coach, which is Kobe Carl, um, son of anyone, Caroline, I know you know this. <laughs> this. Okay. So the name, the only name that I've known thus far is doc rivers. Cause I grew up outside of Boston. So like <laughs> I grew up with him as my Celtics coach. So like I can connect there, but you can't quiz me on anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so the, one of the great NBA coaches, of all time is George Carl. George, George Carl, my dad would be so disappointed. Yeah, yeah. So his Jared, son I'm Kobe, keeping score. His son Kobe, who also played, had you know, played in the NBA, played with Kobe Bryant, um, is our head coach. And I think 
when they were looking, you know, Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey and Elton Brand, when they were looking for our next head coach, I mean, obviously that's, they want to find someone who kind of buys into the system that they're running up there. Not only X's and O's, but just how you develop players, how you lead them. Hmm. And, um, there's the, and look, look, right now we're 33 and nine. So that system, that philosophy, how, how Kobe coaches and leads is obviously working. Um, and the good thing is like, he can lean on, he can call Doc Rivers and say, hey, you know, I'm having this challenge. What do you think? He can go to our GM and, and just like have those conversations. Awesome. Um, and so that's why it's like we're in lockstep with the Sixers. So we're such a critical part of, of their success that, you know, it, it, it's really um, a big focus now as we move forward. It seems like you guys prioritize not only player development, but also coach development. Like you, you provide them supports and, and that strive. We definitely believe that's crucial because if we're spending a lot of time training our athletes, but then we're putting them through a system with the same kind of old coaching habits, then it, it's a challenge. So that's, that's really cool. I think something that you touched on that I wanted to dive into as a Delaware transplant. So like I said, not from around here, but I am here for six years now and transplant. I like that word transplant, transplant. Yeah. <laughs> um you know you talked about like we've got the amenities we've got the place but I feel like the 76ers house in Wilmington is doing things way beyond anything I've ever seen never mind at a, at a d-league affiliate but but across the board can you tell us more about like the the creation of this location yeah and, and Caroline I'm glad you brought this up because um I do think your culture stems from your facilities, right? Especially on, on in sports. So, and to give you some perspective, we when we first landed here in Delaware, we didn't have our own arena. Yeah. We played at the University of Delaware, and they, they were great partners. Don't get me wrong, um, but we we couldn't because they had so many teams using their facilities. Um, we couldn't partake in like we didn't have a gym. So we had to go to the local Y to work out. Oh, and there was so we were a little bit of nomads. So it was difficult for the Sixers to assign players down because frankly, they weren't going to assign someone down who's getting a workout in the Y. It's just it wasn't going to happen. That's fair. So um, so we were blessed enough when we built the field house in Wilmington. Um, I thank Rob Buccini every every day for helping us do that yeah. like all of a sudden it was a one-stop shop we had our own weight room training room uh, we had our own home yeah right yeah. we didn't have to battle for dates anymore um we could live in the city and be a part of the community so like and that so that field house really became a beacon not only for the community but for our team so that we really could develop players at the highest level and and the facility itself is a development center. It, it's focused on youth sports. It just so happens it has an arena in the middle of it. Yeah. But, you know, we're bringing in kids who, I mean, as early as the age of seven and eight, we're getting access to like a state-of-the-art facility, um, getting this unbelievable training and coaching, um, not to mention just kind of the wraparound life skills that these coaches are imparting 
on all these kids. And, and you know, it's so it's soccer, lacrosse, basketball, volleyball, football. Yeah. It's, it's really become like um, a true development center, like I said, and it's, uh, it's exciting to be a part of. Right, right. You've been a part of the development center for over 20, about 25 years, is it now? I've been part of the Sixers for 25 years. The yes. Sixers, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I came uh, to Delaware. So when, you know, talk about opportunity, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was working with the Sixers for going on probably 14 years and in wow. different roles, right? From operations to box office. To, Working your way up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, the uh, my boss came to me and said, look, you're, you're doing great at what we do. We love you, but we're, we have this opportunity um, for you to run an organization. And, you know, not just be in one discipline, but you can actually run all different departments and oversee that and provide the vision and and lead it and it was like a no-brainer for me as much as i love my job at the sixers like to have that opportunity um to do something like that and it kind of speaks to like you know like being in an organization that understands what my goals were as yeah. well and um you know just being patient enough that when those did happen and they knew what i wanted as much as i knew what they wanted from me uh, you know, I had I had some amazing mentors and bosses that that uh, gave me that opportunity. Do you but have any question, Jared? Yes, I've I've been there for twenty five. Yes, yes. So, do you have any like new initiatives or plans for the facilities going forward? Yeah. So we're. I mean, so within. So we're basically. Um, how do I put this? So we have the blue coats going on, which is like my main focus, right? That we're building that business. Um, making sure that we're ingrained in this community and using the power of basketball to help um, impact, you know, the kids in this community, especially in the underserved areas of Wilmington. You know, it's a small city, but it's got some big city problems. Got some big city problems for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that's where sports comes in. Like you can come in and help change the direction of a kid's life. And I think that's very important for developmental leagues, baseball, basketball, soccer, whatever, whatever sport it might be. I think when I was at, I went to Penn State, I graduated from Penn State. We had the spikes up there and we really saw how much we cared when we didn't know if we were going to have the minor league team still yeah. and how much they did for the state college community. Yeah. So yeah. I understand where you're coming from with that, and, and please continue. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 one of those things where I think it's it's a it's every organization, but every sports team especially, I think it's their responsibility to make sure that um, they're giving back to the community that we work, live, and play in. Right? We're asking the yeah. community to help support us, but we have initiatives that allow because of that support allow us to get in there and actually like make a difference and. Um, you know, we've seen it through a bunch of the initiatives that we've started at the Blue Coats. And honestly, we've partnered with, we have some amazing partners, right? That, and Delaware, as you may, may know and seen, it's like very civic minded. Yes. And I love that. And I think, you know, when it's power in numbers, so use our stage because people, right or wrong, pay attention to sports and 
it has such an influence on kids that, like I said, you can go in and really, you know, make a difference in someone's life. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge connection to strive because like I joined strive because I was a college athlete. I grew up playing sports and I think it was potentially the end of college where I really looked back. And when you consider like, what did I, what did I gain from this time? What did I experience? What, like, what was the purpose of all of this? You know, cause for me, senior day on college was the last day of like competitive sports in, in that space. And I realized like, oh my God, I can go into a job interview with a boss and have a direct conversation with that person because I've had practice with that through my coaches. Mm-hmm. And I can, have a disagreement with an employee or a coworker because I did that through soccer and I got to learn all of that while doing what I loved. And so I love talking to people who like care about sports because of the impact beyond just the technical experience. Um, I've, I've had the opportunity, Jared shared some of your interviews and like you continue to talk about the priority that you all place on giving back and, and serving the community. And one thing that I've realized through living in Delaware is like information just gets trapped somewhere. I don't know what it is, but it just gets trapped. And somehow there are all these incredible programs happening and then nobody knows about it. So can you tell us like, what are some things, invite people, share it out, brag about it. Like what can we do and go to at the 76ers Fieldhouse? Absolutely. Um, And thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) We, when we got here, we were like, we we were trying to, and honestly, this was my vision. We were trying to be everything to everyone. Yeah. And, and there's so many great organizations, so many great nonprofits and causes that need a spotlight. But, I mean, we were a mile wide and an inch deep, frankly. And I just didn't feel like we were having an impact. And mm-hmm. I, so, like, we decided that we were going to kind of narrow down and focus on literacy. So we, one of our biggest partners is the Moore's Children's Hospital. And they had shared with us that the number one predictor of adult health status um, is being able to read on grade level by the third grade. And and frankly, if you if you didn't, if these kids weren't reading by then on that level, the odds of them even graduating or increased exponentially that they weren't going to make it. They just were either going to end up dropping out of school. we're just having a lot of trouble in their life. So with that, we just kind of focus on literacy. Like, okay, let's use our stage, our players, our games to get kids excited about reading. And it's so funny when you walk into a school with a seven footer, all of a sudden, like kids are like, they, they just light up and they pay attention. You know, whatever, for whatever reason, teachers are like, are you kidding me? And um, this is all I had to do. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's like when you walk in there, and you're like, okay, like we can go in and, and help kids. Like, I, and the worst thing about it was, so we're getting them excited about reading. And then we learn that they don't even have a book at home to read, which yeah. is just insane. Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of coupled this program with giving every kid a book, at least start there. So they can kind of build their own library. And uh, so we've been over the last five years, you know, we've we've donated 60,000 books with the help of partners, fans, what have you. And then we've gotten into the actual classroom 
and Jared and Caroline, you're going to come with us next year because we bring in, we bring in experts. Like we bring in our partners to kind of talk to them about, hey, this is what I do. This was my story. This is how I got to where I am right now. Just to open them up a little bit. Because right now, some of these kids, all they know is what's on the corner. Exactly. And I'm glad that you said that, you know, and Larry, you tell me where to be and I'll be there. I'll, all right. I'll be there. You tell me I'll be there. I work for, yeah. I also work for a refugee resettlement agency called Bethany, Bethany Christian Services. So that's kind of a struggle that I understand where we're getting children who are coming in from different countries, don't really understand English don't at all on any level and trying to get them the, the, uh, the, the lessons that they need, developing that skill of reading in English, right. it's challenging and something that has to continuously be harped on saying, this is going to help you in the long run. This is going to keep you safe. This is going to keep you aware of the things that's going around, not even, not just locally, but globally. Right. So. Right. Absolutely. Amen. Um, so I think, you know, one of those things, like, it's funny, I'll ask you both. Do you, do you remember the first sporting event that you went to? Mm. New England Renegades, the women's league in New England. I think why, that was probably my sport, first sporting event. Why, why, and why does that stand out to you? I mean, that stands out to me because that was a, I was, this is going to make me feel old, but I was during the time period where women's professional leagues were canceled. And so I remember those games because I remember when those games stopped. Um, and so as a women's soccer player, having the opportunity to see it and also having that opportunity taken back and luckily bringing back again, um, that will always be very significant for me. Yeah, yeah. What did it, what it, what was it about the game like being there? What did what did it, how did it make you feel? Or what was something else that you may have taken from it? So I don't know if this was the first one. Oh, memory lane. Wow. Um, I don't I'm know. Sorry. Am I interviewing you? I'm sorry. I should. I feel like <laughs> no, this is good. I, I like it. <laughs> so for me, and I think it really connects to everything that you're saying. Again, probably not my first one, but one game that I went to, they had local teams be the ball girls, and so when I was maybe 10, 11 years old, I got to be a ball girl for like what I perceived as celebrities. Like I was literally passing a ball to someone that played soccer professionally. Um, so that's a memory I'll that's never awesome. forget. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. How about you, Jared? Uh, my sporting event had to have been watching my older brother play. He's about four years older than me. Um, so maybe soccer little league, uh, sitting out with my father and my mother on the grass, watching him chase after a butterfly and the ball occasionally sometimes. <laughs> oh, wait, that was my younger brother. My older brother chased after the ball. So he, he's good on that front. My younger brother, definitely butterflies. Um, so just seeing them, feeling feeling the air, the crisp air, since yeah. this fall is cold. So uh, seeing them give out orange slices, things like yeah. that, yeah. Community camaraderie that, uh, that was built around sports. Yeah, and the reason I so the reason I'm asking you is because and for me it was it was a Sixers game, right? And I went with my dad, Bulls. and I remember it because I went with him. I remember it because of the way it, it felt when you walked into the spectrum. If anybody remembers that, and the people around me, and um, 
I remember the Sixers won that game and just I it's like one of those things so I I started seeing things a little bit bigger then so when we get one of the a kid from you know the the inner city of Wellington who, who hasn't even been to the riverfront and they live two miles from it yeah and then they come right. to a a blue coats game, which is their first real sporting event they've ever been to. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I can think bigger than just what's going on in, in front of my house. And um, it's like in those moments, I feel like we're starting to change the trajectory of their lives a little bit. Right. Um, along with helping them getting to read. So it's just, you know, so that that's like, you know, the power of sports. Yeah. For me right, and, right. and where you guys have experienced it too in, in, in your lives. So I'll give you a background story that you might not have known you were going to get on today's episode, but I was actually a third grade teacher in Wilmington um, for the first three years that I came to Delaware. That's the reason that I'm in Delaware. Um, so everything that you're saying about third grade reading levels, tugs at my heartstrings, definitely understand and felt that need and also saw how far we were from, from reaching that. Um, however, we were preparing for some of our state tests and, you know, teachers, I, I am a big believer and most of my teachers were as well that happy kids do well in school. It's very difficult to be successful in school if you're miserable. Um, and that's a simple look at it, but you know, anything that teachers could do, especially during these state test times to get kids excited and happy. And we were pulling all of our tricks out of our sleeve because realistically <laughs> the kids knew like, I'm about to sit in front of a computer silently for the next four hours, you know? So it's difficult to make that fun. And one day we were getting ready again, getting the kids hype. And I hear like, a commotion in the hallway. And usually that was not a good thing. So I'm like going to the door, checking what's happening. And there is a very large blue mascot running down the hallways towards my classroom to get us ready for our state test. And so we had Cody, the Delaware Blue Coats um, mascot, come visit our classroom. And I believe test scores were a bit higher that year because <laughs> kids were, instead of my pizzazz, they got the Delaware Blue Coats pizzazz. So from a firsthand experience, thank you for, for yeah. the work that you all do there. <laughs> and that's why I wish we could get to, you know, how do you scale up? Like we have this great literacy program. We're just talking about it. And, and that's where we need help, frankly. Like we need, we need books, right? And we're, we're trying our best to, to, um, to lean on people and partners and fans to donate. But even like, like I said, going in these schools, it can, I, we used to do um, before pre-COVID, we would have these pep rallies in the schools hmm. where we bring out Cody, talk about proximity. We bring down the Sixers dunk squad, right? Yeah. The Sixers dance team would come down. And the Sixers, 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 and all the, the dance drummers, team. That's right, the Sixers. And like you put on a show and like, and even the teachers were getting into it. And it was, <laughs> but it was all to kind of kick off and, and there's, you know, it's still a serious tone to it as well. But at the same time, like, they gotta have fun. You're right. They want a, a happy kid is certainly gonna be more productive. And some of the kids, as you know, Caroline, it's like they're just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. They haven't eaten, right? They're so it's like there's a, there's a lot of other things you know going into it. But um, you know, if we can kind of focus on one area and see if we can get that stabilized, 
then um, that's what we decided to do. So that's where one of our big initiatives is on the literacy part. Yeah, and I mean, even like the partnership that you all have, and you've said it multiple times throughout this is you prioritize partnerships. I think so frequently we have situations where people come in and they they see the issues and well-intentioned try to fix them, but don't take the time to really understand the kids don't have books or something like that. And so the fact that you all prioritize partnerships within the community to ensure that you're, you're getting your advice and feedback from the people that know it best from the people that are living in it. That's, that's really impactful and different um, than most. Well, and the thing is, I look, we are a community-based organization, right? Like, maybe we should, we should turn this off before my boss hears it. I mean, the basketball, (laughs) the basketball is our product. Absolutely, 100%. Um, but in some cases, it is secondary. You know, the Sixers, it's, it's, it's the main focus. But for us, like, our community outreach is probably on an equal uh, field with, with the basketball. Um, and so, like, I, I don't want to just come down like, okay, we're going to throw out a reading program. Like, we got to be able to measure it, right? we got to make sure that we're actually having an impact. And I've vacillated on whether we should just follow a class from first grade till they graduate so yeah. we can really measure it but then I feel like okay we're not we're not getting to as many kids as we we need to so I that's where I struggle but you're right we have partners that can do that measurement for us yeah um, especially in the schools and so yeah, it's it's um, but it's that like I said that we are a community organization and and our focus has to be on on making a difference there. I'm glad you said that because you know a lot of the times and I, I have a question after this after this statement. A lot of the times you you'll turn on the news and the news is you know not not always good. Um, and you see something maybe like uh, I know over the summer there was a high school who didn't have any quit equipment to play football, and I and, and sometimes I'm just like, well, what are the Eagles doing? We have this huge, we have this huge sports team, and I'm pretty hopefully something happened where I know they I know they were able to receive equipment and and partnerships like that happened, but like yeah. when you when you see you're like, well, we have a big sports team, so where are they? Where are they? And not saying I don't. I love my Eagles. I love all sports sports team, <laughs> but there has to be a point where somebody takes it into their hand and saying, "Hey, let's you know, let's let's remember where the fans and the Eagles do do a great job remembering the fans." But it's just sometimes you hear something every now and then. You're just like, "That that, that doesn't sit right between yeah. all the love that we have for our sports teams." I understand. I understand. I you know I've said I don't know that particular situation. I could tell you from. The re- you know, one of the things we had talked about is like, why have I been with the Sixers for 25 yeah. years? It's because I'm proud of this organization and what it does in the community. So our, comp- our, our parent company is called um, HBSC. We're owned by um, Josh Harris and David Blitzer. We also own the Sixers and the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. Our practice facility for the 76ers is in Camden. Yes. So think about that. We have Newark, New Jersey, Camden, Philadelphia, Wilmington, all cities that need help, right? And I just, so what I've been so proud of is to watch our ownership group and, and, and the organization as a whole lean in to these communities. 
Um, and I, I think when I look at what the Sixers do in Philly, Camden, Wilmington, especially, like we were just talking about Tobias Harris, right? He gave a million dollars to the Philadelphia school system last wow. year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's everyone. So it's players, coaches, front office staff. You know, we, we donate um, 76 hours of community service. Each employee commits to that when they sign on. That's great. Um, That's great. Each year. That's great. So it can be within your community, it can be within Philadelphia, and the organization will facilitate volunteer opportunities throughout the year. So we try to get into as many causes and schools and programs as we can um, because we do have a voice. Like that's the thing. We, we have this incredible stage and it would be a huge miss if we don't make sure that a team that needs equipment isn't being addressed in some way. Right. And I think, I think a lot of the times just the public has to be reminded about it, you know, Sometimes we just see, and again, that might be the media's fault or lack of um, gatekeeping. We can go over that in another episode of how journalism and media works. But um, a lot of the times people aren't always able to see that side. And so just being reminded and actually physically seeing it is saying, you know, yeah, Tobias didn't do that for me. He helped me here. Yeah, that's right. You might've only gotten five points, but he still (laughs) helped me out on my books. Oh. Well, and it's organizations that have to walk that line sometimes because you, you know, you pick pounding your chest, people sometimes tune out, right? And, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's where like maybe your partners come in and you can, you know, you, you can create community programs where maybe the Sixers are pounding the partner's chest and they're helping to kind of do some really good things in the community. And, and it's hard, it, honestly, Jared, it's not, it's not an easy thing, but um I think it's that's why there's such there's loyalty to these teams because for some people, it's not just about the product. It's like, what are you doing to make this community better? And sometimes that's why they invest in them because they want to make sure that you're doing that. Yeah. Kelsey, yeah. Kelsey, Jordan, the perfect Great example. Yep. And I, all right, so so I guess moving on from that, Tobias, I still do. I love you. Just to make sure you know, <laughs> we know we talk about you a lot. Coming out. We haven't we haven't gotten to all the other players that might have to wait to another episode. <laughs> Tobias, we do love you. I needed a turning job. We're turning this podcast into a basketball. Line. I, I'm trying so hard not to. Jared's been know. trying for forever. I just haven't let him. So this is what I told him. He can go wild with this one. <laughs> But so my other question, uh, I guess after that statement, my question is, and, and this is this is this is definitely Jared. I know Philly has such a prominent basketball population from players. How can I guess maybe, and this could just be if you can spitball off the cuff, please do. Mm-hmm. How can the Sixers organizations retain those Philly players. Cause in my mind, if, if we can, if we can get like, just my, I went to school with quad a green, not sure if you know who he is. He plays for uh, the grand Rapids right now. He yeah. just played them. Yeah. So I would love to see him playing for the blue coats. And I mean, a grand, I don't know what happened if he signed, I don't know, but I'm just saying if we can re- if we, is there a way we can focus on retention? Yeah, yeah. I well, and it's and it's it's tough because sometimes um, 
you know, everyone is, especially in the G League, um, you can, when you sign with the league, you either um, go in, you go into the draft. So it's like, you have to, you know, it's kind of like, and again, this isn't a decision I have to make, but like our basketball people have to decide, are you picking the best player or are you picking someone that has incredible upside first and then layer in, are they from Delaware? Like, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I know it's been a, a challenge to find, um, local players and get them on our team because sometimes they get picked up by others. Right. And then, or they're going to Europe or so I love where your head's at. I would love, you know, we've had one Delaware player um, that is, has stuck with us and we have open tryouts every year. I'll be there. Yeah, seriously. I'll be Come there. on in. And it's uh, you know, you can see how you stack up to some of these, uh, some of these guys that are trying out for the team, but but yeah, I hear I hear what you're saying, and it's one of those things that hopefully, uh, you know, in the coming coming years, we'll have more of that kind of presence. But it's Caroline; you could probably relate to this. It'll be interesting, you know, how soccer kind of has um, that European model, where mm-hmm. basically from seven seven year olds, seven, yeah. you're kind of in that funnel, and you kind of grow, and they you get into the funnel of that particular team. Yeah, you develop them. It, it has been talked about in, in the NBA, like, can that model survive here in the States? Can it work? Interesting. Where maybe you have kids in the tri-state area that become almost like a sixer for life and you're growing them to a point where they'll be on the big team at some point. Yeah. Um, now, obviously things would have to change, the draft and all that would, would have to be different. But I know the commissioner of the NBA has talked about whether the European soccer model can work, you know, in the NBA. Yeah. And I mean, even just like that model for me and and my experience with it is like, as I was developing and playing soccer through middle and high school, I started to see that model being adopted in, in American soccer as well, where like, you know, we had the affiliate teams to different programs. And I remember like the first time I even heard it was like one of my friends was trying out for this team and the way she said it, she just said the name of like the professional team it was associated with. And I was like, Oh my God, like you're trying out, you know? So it, it like, it gets people excited. It gets people into it. And I think like, honestly, COVID has definitely taken a lot of kids out of sport that were maybe teetering and like I mean all three of us on this call clearly care about what sport can do like regardless of your talent level and so that would be a really interesting model to see if we could get kids excited about being on the field being on the court again and and getting back out there yeah yeah it'd be awesome to be able to promote kind of like that sixer for life you know on the the basketball side and like you have a kid who grows up and then you think about the community now being invested um, in that. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, right. I mean, even cool. like, even the fact that you have all brought so much to Delaware, like through that name notoriety, through that recognition, um, again, personal random story, but hopefully now this feeds your heart and you know you're impacting the lives of Delawareans. Um, I have a friend from high school who works for the Knicks G League affiliate and um, he texted me out of nowhere that he was going to be in Wilmington. I was like, 
nobody ever comes to Wilmington. Like that's <laughs> never like, I don't have people just popping by Wilmington, but because of the 76ers field house, because you are here, you know, like there are events happening, there are things going on and people know the name. So they follow it. Um, so you guys have brought yeah. a lot to my life and to, to my experiences. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for saying, I'm glad, I'm glad we've had that influence and impact. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, like, you, you know, you guys were talking about what are the things, like, I think about our games, right? And for example, um, this Friday, um, we're having Star Wars night, right? It's like, it's kind of like that minor <laughs> league spirit, right? You do these kind of crazy promotions. And so more than likely Darth Vader and the gang will be, will be at our games, but it's to help raise money for Namor's Children's Hospital. Oh, wow. And we're going to have a great night, you know, giving back. Yeah. But it's also going to be fun. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, so the one thing about the G League is you can customize the uniform into the look and feel of a nonprofit. And then at the end of the game, you auction off the jerseys, ticket sales, portion of the ticket sales goes back to the nonprofit. So we dressed, um, we were partnering, um, was it, it might have been the Moors. I think it was the Moors. And um, we decided to do something different. Like we could have done it in the look of the nonprofit, but we we're like, look, let's go more mainstream. And at the time, SpongeBob was pretty big. So we we made our uniforms in the in the look and feel of SpongeBob. And if you had seen our players, you're like, are you <laughs> serious? Amazing. We're gonna put this on. I wish I had a picture to share with you. Um, but we got more coverage off of that, ESPN, CNN. Like, and it wasn't necessarily just about the blue coats. It was about who it was for. And we raised so much money that night. It was incredible. And um, so it's like using our games again to do this. So Star Wars is then, and then we're going to have um, the sneakers. Sneaker convention is Sunday. So if you're a sneakerhead, <laughs> you need to come to Sunday's game. We have over a hundred vendors. I'll check it out. And, it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's just, I, I didn't realize, I wish I had kept my sneakers, Jared, growing <laughs> up. It's, it goes, it's incredible what they go for now. And, um, oh man, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I know you all can't see, but I, I have my Jordan 11s, my Concords, and my Breads right here in my hand, readily available next to my Joel Embiid uh, bobblehead trophy, but it's a. <laughs> This would have been the right episode to do a video podcast, and Jared could have just shown us all of his memorabilia because right. there it is. Love it. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. But it's funny how people uh, they'll buy sneakers and, and won't even wear them. They're, they're still in the box. Yeah. And um, so anyway, we're having some fun with that. And then the the one I wanted to tell you about especially is we partnered with um, the lieutenant governor's office and High Mark and Christiana to do a mental health night. Mm -hmm. So um, Delaware Goes Purple is the organization that's helps focused on, on that. So that'll be April 1st. And um, it's gonna be a great night, a lot of resources um, and just putting a spotlight on, on something that's, that's obviously uh, in, you know, is needed right now for kids and adults. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Larry, I have one more silly question for you, and then I will relinquish the rest of my time to <laughs> Caroline's serious questions. I have my feet up. This is good. Um, so 
right now currently we are recording and it is the first day of spring well the first weeks of spring first week of spring uh by the time you all will be hearing this it'll be april but the philadelphia thing what what do you call rita's oh my god wait 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 wait, wait. <laughs> what, do I, what do i call is it is it, is it which do you say? Do you like say the item that you purchased? The item that you I, it's funny. I have this debate with my friends all the time because when I went to college in the South, they're like, "What did you just say?" Because I would, I would say water, but no. <laughs> but then I evolved. I got better, and now it's water for me. So thank uh, you. But yes, that's. What are you, Jared? I uh, no 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 no. You didn't answer the question. Come on, man. Uh, it's water ice. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's a water ice. Thank you. Okay, that's one. And then the next one is, what is your favorite Rita's water ice? Oh my god! Now you're gonna make me go out and get one. Um, Three all week. <laughs> look, I, I have to admit, I am a blue raspberry guy from from I was a kid to I was an adult. So, but I, I blend now. Like I usually do multiple flavors. But if I, my yeah. go-to is, is blue raspberry. You have to blend. You have to. I was I was a mango person, and then Swedish Fish came out. Oh, mix them both together now. That's <laughs> my jam. I can't. I, can't. I don't feel like my opinion counts in this one because I'm new to the whole thing. So first off, a moving here never knew what Rita's was, and people like were always like, "Oh my god," asking the same questions you did, like. Rita's, Rita's this, Rita's that. So I experienced it for the first time. And the first ever time that I went to Rita's, I got like the mix thing where you do like some custard and some ice. The gelato. gelato. Um, So I did root beer with vanilla. So I made like a little root beer. That That was good. good. It was real good. But I feel like. (laughs) You don't, what what did they have in Boston? What did they just put ice cubes out? Slushies or Italian ice. Like we've got like shaved ice or Italian ice. That's what I would call it. Not this first, like I will never say water with a D. It will always be water, but. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Are you, are you buying into Rita's now? Are you kind of. I I am. I, I hit it. I told Jared before we started recording, I told Jared that I got I went a little bit overboard because everyone was so hype about it that like the first summers that I was in the this area it was Rita's like every beach trip guaranteed so pulled back <laughs> a little bit from it but I'm ready to dip my toes back in again right. the summer, oh. I think yeah, that's good. I it. It is, it is, you know Jared you didn't tell me you're feeling good about the playoffs right yes oh I am I am I think you know it's it's when when a, when you know it's time to go and it's time to earn your paycheck, I believe the people will earn their paychecks. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, you already mentioned the coaching situation. I love that, but we'll we'll, we'll bypass that for now. Um, <laughs> I think the players. I think JoJo's going to show out as long as he stays off the floor. We don't need any more back tenderness, tightness, whatever. Right. right. Um, there's that. Uh, James, I James I, I, I'm not worried about any of them. I'll be honest with you. I'm not either. You know, I think um, I think they'll take advantage of this time to kind of come together, and then we'll be hitting all cylinders come playoffs time. Right, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I, I'm Are glad you, we got a Maxi. My boy, Maxi. Yes, he's, he's balling. <laughs> yep. 
Not everyone can be a Celtics fan, Caroline. So it's just, you know. <laughs> I I was just like blessed to grow up in the like prime age of Boston sports in uh, general too. So like my dad always reminds me how lucky I am to have seen like a Red Sox world, like a championship there. Right? Like I've, I've been very blessed. So I know to keep my mouth shut when I need to. <laughs> <laughs> right. I give you some respect. <laughs> Well, one thing, one thing I wanted to hit on before we close up is you keep talking time and time again, and this is something that we teach in our workshops is the idea of like values driven leadership. Um, It is clear that what has kept you at the 76 years, what has kept you in this organization is the fact that their values align with yours. But that's not easy to do over a long period of time because people change our values change they grow how do you feel like how did they maintain that clear values driven leadership throughout the many years that you've been there um well i think they've evolved and the organization yeah. is obviously it's it's and it's changed ownership so you never know you know what that's going to be like as when new people come in but um i've worked for some amazing people i've been lucky enough to be there 25 years, but also I've worked for two people that have been there just as long. And, um, you know, I think the spirit of collaboration that that's there is certainly one of our values, the grit that kind of goes into being in sports and entertainment. Yeah. Uh, the one consistent thing throughout that everyone from top to bottom is, is stressed is like, there's, there's, it's just being a great teammate. Right. It's like there's no individual accomplishment or achievement that would trump being a great chief teammate. And that that is throughout the entire organization. Um, you'll see my boss, our CEO, rolling up his sleeves. Same with me. Like at a games, if you, you guys are coming, right? Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we're like you roll up your sleeves, you 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 get engaged, and that's that's part of it. Like you want to. Uh, people want to feel like inspired. And I think if you lead by example, um, you know, I think it'll, it'll, it'll follow through for them too. So I think those are kind of the, the values that we've always stood on and, and haven't really changed much. Yeah. That's incredible. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners before we close out? Um, well, if you've met, so our biggest challenge as an organization is awareness. Literally, we are an extension of the Sixers, not only in terms of staff and people, but just of the fan base. I think sometimes people think Wilmington, Delaware is two hours away. Yes. From Philadelphia, and it's not, you know? So, and a lot of our fans are part of the, you know, are big fans of the Sixers. So I think it's just, I'm asking people to, you know, to look at our website, follow us on social media, um, and look at some of the things that we're doing in this community because we we honestly need more help. Um, we are probably 12 strong in our organization. So the bandwidth to get bigger and larger is only going to be through the help of our fans and partners. So um, so that's why it's like it'd be great if, if to get more people involved because some people, and, and this is on me, may not know who we are. Right. So it's just the more we get out and the more I have opportunities to talk to you guys about about who we are and what we can do and partnering with great organizations like Strive. Like that's 
that's where we start to, you know, to make a difference and, and get bigger and wider. Yeah, I did right. not know that, Larry. I did not know that. Yeah. No, Strive would love to come through and, and, and do some presentations and set some things up and, you know, let your resources be our resources, our resources, your resources, and yeah. things of that nature. Um, free idea. This is a free idea right here. <laughs> I think Cody and Franklin should get together. Do something. You mean a, like in a game? Just kind of do a... One-on-one? I didn't even think that far. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, Larry. Okay. So Franklin, has, he does come down. So Franklin has been in our games. Um, but I like where you're going. We just had Cody's birthday and all the mascots came out. Aww. So it was awesome, you know? And then they have these big inflatable mascots now. I don't think right. I've ever seen that. Those are kind I, of wild. The, 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 I think the Raptors have one or something. Yeah. 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 As long as there's but no I, inflatable I, gritty, I'm okay. Look, you guys... <laughs> In, in all of your walks of life, if you see something, like, we'll try it. I'm not a, above trying to, you know, stealing something from someone else and using yeah. it here in Delaware. So, um, yeah, I'll take all the ideas that you have. We'll be in contact, Larry. All right. Hey, and so anytime you want to come to a game, seriously. Absolutely. There's nothing like G League basketball. It's entertaining. And, um, you know, I'd love to have you out when you can. And yeah, we're good. absolutely. And well, we're good. You'll be hearing from us. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you and can't wait to talk again soon. Yes. It was an honor. Thanks again, guys. And thank you to everyone who tuned in today. How You Lead Matters podcast comes out on a monthly basis. And if you are looking for more content, where should they look, Jared? You can follow us on all socials at How You Lead Matters or email us today to schedule your own Strive workshop. Talk to you next month. Peace.